As we've been discussing, the government's announced the minimum wage will increase by $1.50 to $22.70 an hour from April. According to the ACT Party, the government's now made it harder for businesses to take a chance on a young worker who's looking for an opportunity and putting another cost on businesses at a time when about 30% of retail businesses aren't sure they'll survive the next 12 months. ACT Party leader David Seymour joins me now. Very good morning to you. Good morning, Kerry. I've had a number of texters say if you can't afford to pay the minimum wage, you shouldn't be in business. Is that fair comment? No, it's not, and I, I get those texts and messages myself. And I still haven't had one from someone who's actually in business. And here's another thought for anyone saying that. Uh, many of the people in small business will be hearing this news today, knowing that when times are tough, they can't afford to pay themselves that much, knowing that they have rising mortgage rates and they've used mortgage equity to support their business, and knowing that with the triple CFA changes, it's got much harder to get loans and consolidate debt. So you take people who are going through that sort of pressure in order that we can walk around and see cafes and shops and small engineering firms, construction firms, all of those people that make it in order that we actually have an economy here in New Zealand. Uh, And then you get someone who almost invariably is not in business uh, saying, well, you don't deserve to be there despite making all that sacrifice. It actually makes me quite angry. I can imagine. So what would you do about it? Well, first of all, understand the problem. And I've really dug into it. MB does produce a very helpful report on the minimum wage and they give a whole lot of statistics. And I think what a lot of people miss is that only 7% of workers are actually on the minimum wage. Uh, Of those, 22% are people who are in a household where they have dependent children. So you work that out, that's about 1, 1 1.5% of all workers are on the minimum wage and have dependent kids in their household. And most of them, another earner who may be earning more in their household. So you chunk it all down. Uh, What this is really about is not helping people who are doing it tough with kids. That's a tiny percentage of the workforce on the minimum wage, less than 2%, just 1% of all workers. If the goal and the problem is to help people in situations like we already have policies, like working for families, like the earned income tax credit, policies that are designed to make sure that people have enough to get by, Putting up the minimum wage doesn't just put a lot of impact, uh, pressure on employers who are already looking down the barrel of a recession and the lowest business confidence since 1974. Uh, the other thing that it does is it puts up prices for everybody because when you go to your pack and save, it's actually a whole lot of often part-time workers, a lot of students, people who actually aren't the main breadwinner in their household, getting a bit of work experience. Those are the ones that will now be paid close to $23, uh, and those costs will go straight onto your grocery bill. And here's another reason why it's, it's just nuts. Um, as I've said before, you know, often it's a person that just needs someone to take a chance. And employers that I know uh, are fair-minded people. They, they don't just want to run their business. They want to do good for their community. They will take a chance on someone. But we now have so much bureaucracy around labour laws. If you take them on... 
very expensive uh, to stop employing them if it doesn't work out or they're doing harm to your business. And if you do keep them, uh, paying nearly $23 an hour uh, makes it unviable. So it's the people who most need a chance who are not going to get a chance. And that's why it's just so opposite to the values that make countries successful and the country and the values that, that brought people to these islands to build a better life in the first place. So you're going to reintroduce the 90-day trials and what are you going to do about the uh, tax brackets? You've got a policy around that. Well, yes, we, we certainly should have the 90-day trial because it's about giving people a chance. That's right. When it, comes, when it comes to taxation, ACT is the only party that has produced a fully costed alternative budget. We've shown how we'd cut wasteful spending, we would reduce taxation, but we'd actually cut the spending more than the taxation, so we reduce the deficit and start dealing to the debt that Labor's taken on. What those tax cuts would mean is that someone, say, a nurse with one kid on $70,000, so middle-of-the-road, mid-career nurse, uh, would get to keep over $50 a week more of their own money so that they can fight the cost pressures that they're already facing. But that's the political unicorn, isn't it? The tax cuts and reducing spending. How do you do that while not having the, you know, what we've seen happen, the the running down of our hospitals, the lack of public housing availability? You need taxes to produce public facilities and utilities. Well, I agree with that. And our alternative budget doesn't touch any frontline health, education, police or any other service like that. What we do do is reduce the number of public servants in Wellington, not even below Labor's starting point. We take it back to the 47,000 they inherited. And to give you another more specific example, uh, I look at the Ministry of Education. They've got nearly 4,000 public servants working there now, an average of $93,000 a year each. Uh, They are actually earning more than a teacher at the top of the scale at their average rate. Uh, and I talk to principals in my community just about every week, and I ask them, do you know what these people do? And they can never tell me. And they're often angry that these bureaucrats do more harm than good, make it harder for them to run their school, such as telling Auckland schools to shut down last week, whether they were affected by flooding or not. Now, we could reduce government expenditure uh, by even just getting rid of half of those people uh, by about $200 million dollars. And some people say, okay, well, we've still got a few billion to go, but I just make the point, if you start focusing on wasteful spending, then a hundred million here, a hundred million there, as the joke goes, all of a sudden you're talking real money. Yeah, but we had National do that, and then they conceded that they spent more on consultants because they needed some of that um, planning ability and that um, institutional knowledge that had been lost. Also a really good uh, question, and what I ask you, uh, put to you is that it depends what you want the government to do. And i just give you another, just sticking on this education to give specific examples. Um, last year I had a bunch of school principals approach me and say, the Ministry of Education is trying to ban us from taking fee-paying international students. We use the revenue from that to pay for our extracurricular activities for our school camps. If we don't have that revenue, we're going to have to let people go. Why are they doing it? And we looked into it, and we looked at the report that the ministry had produced, a big, long report. It made no sense. 
We asked the then Education Minister, Chris Hipkins, why they were doing it. He basically said he didn't know either. Um, and eventually the whole thing got shelved. Uh, my question is, how many people were working on that? And it doesn't matter if they are full-time bureaucrats or just high, you know, consultants mm. paying by the hour. Um, it's an example of a government that's not focused on how do we make sure kids get to school? How do we make sure it's safe to run a dairy? How do we ensure we've got a transport network where you can drive at more than 30 k's an hour, which is now the, the limit in downtown Auckland? Uh, if we focus on those things that people actually need, you might not need as many full-time bureaucrats or consultants charging by the hour. So it's about focus. Have you called for a moratorium on minimum wage increases? Yeah, we have. And again, that alternative budget, we set out a, a full economic plan to try and get that Kiwi dream back. And we said for the next three years, there would be no more increases because ultimately, you know, better wages don't come from the government making a law. If just making a law could solve poverty, then Africa could get a higher minimum wage and it'd be all, all over and good for them. The truth is, if you want to get wealthier, then you need more skills. And that's why we're very focused on education, very focused on immigration. Kiwi firms can't compete if foreign firms have a supply of workers that aren't available to New Zealand firms. Uh, that's why we're very focused on investment. You know, We need to welcome our friends around the world who want to do business and bring capital to New Zealand. We need to stop seeing that as a phobia. And ultimately, we need to change our attitude towards success and sacrifice. I mean, it's like those people you started off talking about who say, oh, well, you don't pay this much, the government says you don't deserve to be in business. That is the wrong attitude. It's whining, carping, tall poppy that holds us all back. And I'm asking people like-minded to me to support acts this year with their party vote so we can put the aspirational values this country was built on back front and centre in this country. Jason has sent me a text saying, OK, so David says raising the minimum wage by $60 a week is inflationary, but giving a nurse $50 back is not. It's same, same, just different ideology. Well, actually, with the greatest of respect to Jason, uh, what I said is that ACT would reduce wasteful spending by more than we would reduce taxes. Now, personally, I'd love to do it the other way around. But mm. to Jason's point, we're very concerned uh, about inflation. And the government running deficits, as it has for the last four years, borrowing and spending $100 billion of extra money, uh, that is inflationary. We have to get on top of deficit spending. That's what ACT would do. On the other hand, uh, putting up prices for a whole lot of businesses that depend on low-wage workers, uh, that is going to increase the cost of everything you buy. So he's, mm. he's got a point, but we have actually addressed it. Uh, also, a lot of pensioners wanting to know what ACT will do for them. Well, if you look at, again, I hate to keep going back to this alternative budget, but it sounds a bit you are. broken record. <laughs> but, but we have, yeah, but, but we have done a lot of work there and we'll release another one this year. You know, what we would do for pensioners is we would have a low income tax credit. Uh, we would have uh, an emissions trading scheme credit where the money the government's currently taking, saying it's about climate change, uh, would no longer go as subsidies to businesses with various boondoggles. Uh, they would go back to the people that most need it at the bottom of the income ladder, and that would leave a pensioner uh, several hundred dollars a week better off on top of the usual adjustments we remain committed to, uh, those adjustments being that the pension remains at a percentage of the 
uh, <coughs> median or sorry average wage, which mm-hmm. which as we know is increasing along with inflation. Where do you think this country's at at the moment? I think New Zealand is in a state of severe depression and frustration, and that's not just me. That's uh, federated farmers yesterday, all-time low confidence for farmers, only 28% of farms profitable. It's NZIER, lowest business confidence since they started asking the question in 1973. It's the Curia Research, 53% wrong direction, 33% right direction. It's very, very negative stuff. And it's because we've got a government whose biggest policy right now is to admit that basically everything they've done for the last five years has been a waste of time, a waste of money, and they're now going to dump it and try and take the credit. Um, And it's a little bit like the IRD uh, saying you should thank them for giving some of your your money back. Well, actually, uh, it would help if they hadn't wasted the last five years in the first place. But I remain an optimist about this country. I'm sure you do. Thank you very much, David Seymour, ACT Party leader.